Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. We welcome you back in hour number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's your Tuesday crew here in for Patrick and Michael with Mike Pritchard, former college football national champion at Colorado. Don't worry, we won't talk about the current state of your buff today. Well, all, once a champion, always a champion. Flags fly forever. Yeah, that is the right. same. 1990 national <laughs> no champ. No former anything. In Mike that. Pritchard's Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes and the former NFL wide receiver over, over a decade in the league. Uh, I'm Ben Wilson. We're looking at some of the top games in week four as we now turn our attention toward the fourth week in the National Football League season. And we were just talking with Will Hill in our last segment about this Thursday night matchup to start the week. Miami in Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. And I sometimes see that twinkle in your eye, Mike. When you see a line that kind of jumps out and after this open Cincinnati minus one and a half, we're seeing in the market books pretty much split between three and a half and four. Are you feeling like this is a bit of an overreaction just to the spot specifically of fading a Miami team off of three now, back-to-back-to-back emotional wins here. Well, is that going to get up to four? I mean, in the market certainly, trend, certainly trending right? that way. Because um, it gets interesting because you have that trend with dogs right now, um, 60%. And what, 28, 18, and two right here. So 60%. And it's like, does that go out the window? Because it's Thursday night football. It's a short week. But then you look back, uh, okay, Pittsburgh, they didn't cover. But, okay, the Rams, that wasn't really – a Thursday night game. It was the first mm-hmm. game of the year. Uh, but then the Chargers covered and the division, you know, on a short week. But that was a divisional game. This obviously not a divisional game, too. So there's some trends conflicting with the market action. So maybe Tua not playing, you forget about that dog situation, too. And maybe you, you throw the trends out the window in this particular right, spot right, and just right. say, well, what does the data tell us? Mm-hmm. And I would imagine the big reason why a lot of the respected money early on is on Cincinnati. It's not just a favorable spot. And that Cincinnati's offensive line looked significantly better, which we can poke holes on in a second uh, with that performance (laughs) against the Jets. It's more the fact that in general for the Cincinnati O-line, they're facing a Miami pass rush that despite only allowing the 19 points to Josh Allen's Bills in week Mm -hmm. three has been really disappointing so far has been a a far cry from what Brian Flores' defensive unit did a season ago when he was the head coach in Miami. 25th right now in defensive sack percentage for Miami through three weeks, with the prevailing thought being not only is this a rough spot to back Miami on a short week with a potentially compromised quarterback, 
but it's not a defensive line you can necessarily trust getting consistent pressure on Joe Burrow. How real of a concern do you actually view that being if you were looking at the Miami side here? Well, I mean, if you don't get pressure on Joe Burrow, then there's something wrong with you in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Uh, I, I've seen some, uh, you know, open the gate and let them in situations at the offensive line spot so far on tape for uh, Cincinnati. And I don't know how they fix that. I mean, that could be a talent issue or, or, or um, a scheme uh, situation that they're going to have to shore up. They don't want to run the football. They don't have a preference to do that. They want to Throw it vertically. Uh, we know that about Cincinnati. And also, here's what we knew. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, from last year, they established themselves as being the Rams East. And if you think about Miami right now, they're San Francisco East. Uh, and so when are teams going to start to understand that for what they want to do, what they can do? And I think Miami, the league will catch up to what they're doing. McDaniel and what he's doing offensively. I get that. Um mm -hmm. You know, the Tua situation is interesting, too, to monitor. They haven't really established a running game the way that San Francisco did, but they are a physical, physical football team, though. Uh, and so from that standpoint, you wonder, is Cincinnati ready for that? Can they hold up against that on that offensive line? You know, can those receivers, which I think is probably the best receiving core of all three, if you think about it, with Boyd, uh, Higgins, and, and Chase, if, if they can hold up on that and or certainly get after Burrow, then anything and everything can happen in a football game. And I also wonder, if, as far as poking holes in this whole narrative, right. that Cincinnati's offensive line is just fixed after one week where they put up a good chunk of points and, and pretty comfortably cover a spot against the Jets. How different do you believe that game could have played out, Mike, had, if we go back to the Cincinnati in New York Jet game, it's a 7-6 game late first quarter. Joe Burrow it had been hit a few times already gets nailed on a third and long incomplete pass, but they call an unnecessary roughness on John Frank Franklin Myers, the refs do for New York. Pretty questionable call in the moment. Right. Two plays later, hits Tyler Boyd on the blown coverage. 14-6, floodgates open, ends up being the comfortable Cincinnati win. How different do you think the perception would be and how that game necessarily plays out if that call's not made and the Jets continue to look as live as they did in that first quarter right, against the Bengals. Right, I mean, Ben, one play is everything. We saw that with Chris Jones in Kansas City on the road uh, against the Colts. Uh, we've seen it uh, with Garoppolo, uh, not only last year, last season, and this year so far too, but I think one or two plays can make the difference of the entire game. You know, the complexion of the game, if you will. Like if you drop a pass or a fumble or a turnover and, or a pick-six situation, it just changes the game. And uh, So, yeah, early on in the season, as – Obviously, these teams aren't hot yet. We're, we're, we're not even close to being hot yet as teams, and uh, we're still ironing out wrinkles and stuff like that. And so uh, I think if there's a high variance of those opportunities uh, you know, presenting themselves in a game like this, then I think as a better, you have to understand that, right? You have to factor that in. No question. Uh, so a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers are happening too, and uh, that's why – you know, if this thing gets up to four, it gets interesting. Even with a, a backup quarterback, mm -hmm. the backup quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. Um, would he be taking the reps on one day, you know, or two days? Because obviously Tua probably isn't practicing. Um, but can they rev up the running game? You know, we have not seen San Francisco East when in terms of the running game, like, mm -hmm. we, like we're accustomed to. And that's Mike McDaniel's forte, though. I mean, he, he wants to create a, a rushing attack that's so creative out there, too. So... Uh, I don't know on a short week if they're able to do that, though. Yeah, last thing I would say on this game, too, and we talk about Bengals O-line now, 30th in the, in offensive sack rate allowed mm -hmm. here so far. Right. Just from the X's and O's viewpoint, Mike, you look at Miami, they've 
because of the lack of personnel in the defensive line, they've been one of the most blitz-heavy teams to start this year. They were one of the more, more blitz-heavy teams going back to last year just as a way to generate pressure when they weren't getting it naturally from the front four. And they were able to do that because you have really good corners uh, like Xavier Howard in, in, in the defensive secondary and a couple other really solid cornerbacks as well. You're now facing a Cincinnati receiving core that most people would say when healthy is a top five, maybe a top three unit in the, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. How does that approach work if you're, and I know you've been on the other side of this with, with good wide receiving cores. How do you game plan that if you're Miami? Do you say, all right, let's, let's get more pressure because we know it's a weak O-line and put our corners in pretty vulnerable positions one-on-one? Or do you kind of go the opposite viewpoint, try to use your secondary to shut down the shut down those wide receivers and see what your front four can do Right. I mean, I think you can pressure Burrow and Cincinnati, but it's got to be a zone behind it. Because if you man up, Burrow is going to ball place uh, with those receivers, and those receivers are going to make plays on the ball. It's like okay. even with a good right. secondary like it, yeah. Right, with, right. With the I players mean, they have. Sure, one-on-one coverage. I, I don't think that's going to phase uh, what Cincinnati has offensively, but if you blitz and you can apply pressure that way, but you have a zone behind it, now you have a quarterback in Burrow who hasn't had that much time with that offense. Obviously, as we know, uh, with the training camp situation and that surgery, maybe you can confuse him. Maybe you can get him to make a mistake. And uh, just looking at turnover differential right now, Miami's plus two. Uh, the leader in the clubhouse, by the way, is Jacksonville Jaguars at plus seven already with turnover differential. Uh, but no, Miami. Uh, at plus two, it gets interesting if they can turn the ball over that way too to help out. Uh, but no, I, I think if they do blitz, uh, expect some zones behind it. Though. At least, at least that's how uh, you know defensive coordinators should go about playing uh, against Cincinnati yeah, right now. Look at that, Howard, Byron Jones, Javon Holland trio, <laughs> big task going to Cincinnati yeah. on Thursday. And we've seen that line zoom up. Mm-hmm. Very interesting spot there. We have spots like that. These teams on the short week, Mike, but we also have lines that are being pretty significantly impacted, especially this early in the week by injury. And we have a pretty good idea now that in New England and Green Bay will not be Mac Jones, right. was confirmed to have a pretty severe high ankle sprain yesterday. Adam Schefter from ESPN reporting at least a couple of weeks is the fear Mac Jones will be missing here. So you turn it over and you go to the backup in, in Brian Hoyer. I don't know if you saw the Belichick quotes yesterday. It was pretty funny. They asked, uh, asked him about <laughs> Hoyer and Bailey Zappi, and it was like a couple of two-word answers. Like, yeah, they're, they're experienced. They're, <laughs> That's Zappi, it. Huh? He's, he's improved. No so glowing Patriot, endorsement. Yeah, no, no, not glowing. <laughs> so the Patriots go to Lambeau Field. Packers opened about eight and a half before the injury news was confirmed. You're up to 10 and a half here, but an, inc- an incredibly low total game, only at 40. So I'll look at this first on the Green Bay side, Mike, where we saw three really impressive drives from Aaron Rodgers in that Packer offense. But as soon as Aaron Jones fumbles going into the end zone to end that first half, the offense did essentially nothing. You could count the first downs on one hand in the second half for Green Bay. How much trust would you have in them to cover a double-digit number given all the lack of cohesion we've seen offensively for them so far? Well, first of all, it's in the first quarter of the season, and I'm reluctant to lay uh, double-digit home favorites. I'm just – I mean, if we're talking just about – Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the end of October into November football and a team has uh, distinguished themselves a little way, okay, then that's different. But I don't know if we get a double-digit number, though, right? Um on, on the other side, obviously, the movement is because of the quarterback situation. You're going to Hoyer. Uh, but Mac Jones has not taken a leap from year one to year two. He leads the league in interceptions right now. But that's indicative of the offense, and that's on Belichick. And we, we knew that going into the year about how this offense uh, is a piece of work. Uh, but yet, I think the benefit of the doubt was on Be- Belichick to get it right or to figure it out at some point. But the quarterback's going backwards. I mean, just watch 
Mac Jones play, just lobbing the ball up in the air. You've never seen that before. It's like he's guessing or, or you know, people can call that anticipating. But, no, he's guessing on where to Doesn't throw Doesn't it seem like their entire offense is just, we're going to throw jump balls up to Devontae Parker <laughs> and just, just kind of see what happens? Kind of. I mean, That's it what it that looks way. like. Sure. It, for stre- not, in, sure. not entirely. That's unfair to say it completely. But for stretches, it looks that way. We'll go back to when they beat Pittsburgh. They had one play to Nelson Aguilar. Right? That was it. Jump ball. Yeah. And then they had a muff punt situation that gave them a short field, too. So it, it's a work in progress for an offense like New England to execute for 60 minutes. Now, it's double digits, though, and we know uh, Green Bay's compromised a little bit uh, because of the youth, but they're going to get better, though. I mean, you have to anticipate that with Aaron Rodgers. So uh, th- that's a decision I can't come to right now. I have to do a little bit more work. How about Romeo Dobbs? Yeah. Come in, rookie. Right. His numbers by about twice as much production as Devontae Adams through this point of his rookie year. Not to not that? to do those comps, <laughs> don't but do that comp. people don't don't remember rookie Devontae got off to a very slow start yeah. his rookie year. Romeo Dobbs, what a game he had. Packer rookie wide out there on Sunday. Speaking of wide receivers, Pritch was a wide receiver in his day. We'll do Mike's right routes, wrong routes, a new fun little segment we've got for you on the Lombardi line next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide will be available soon with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, season-long trends to watch, plus three things every new NHL better should know. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get the VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we're back on the Lombardi Line, your Tuesday crew from downtown Las Vegas, Circus Sportsbook Studios. I'm Ben Wilson. He's Mike Pritchard. And we've got a fun little segment just, just for you, Mike. Right routes, wrong routes. Because, Mike, you know, you ran mostly right routes. Mostly a lot of right pluses out. in my career. A lot of pluses over right. a 10-year NFL career. Did you ever even run a wrong route? I, um, I feel like... Did I bust a route? Did I bust a route? Um... 
I, you know, I. The I, fact that you have to dig deep into right, the memory no, bank is I don't telling rem- on this. I don't recall busting a route. No, I, I, I never really bust. You, you shouldn't bust a route. One, yeah. you should know your playbook, right? Uh, now, did I get Seems covered? Easy. That's a different question. Was I was I locked down a few times? Perhaps Aeneas, Aeneas Williams and Carnell Lake um, stick out. You know, Rod Woodson sticks out. So I'd say those are tough guys to go sure, up against. Sure, one on one. I can. One's a Hall of Famer. Two Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yeah. Some early '90s NFL. Right. Some very good defensive backs. But the whole point of this exercise is to look at which teams do you believe are on the right route so far towards long-term success, even if maybe the results on the box scores and the final scores don't look great so far, which Mm -hmm. teams are going in the wrong direction. I just want to continue the New England discussion as well, because this can certainly apply. A team that is, at this point, one and two, loses going away to both Miami and Baltimore, is able to eke out a close win in Pittsburgh. But you mentioned how sloppy New England has looked and the lack of cohesion with their offensive play calling. It's a guy in Bill Belichick who we've given the benefit of the doubt to basically, basically every single week throughout this stretch. Are you feeling like it's it's time to maybe say, all right, there's no Brady there. The personnel is not what it used to be. We can't just keep throwing out these stats like, oh, Belichick, incredible cover machine against the spread as an underdog. Is it is it time to maybe go away from that, Mike? Or do you feel like we're maybe over overselling this uh, these early season struggles here for New England? Obviously, quarterback injuries aside here. Well, it is early. And can you look and see if New England's going to get better? I, I don't see that on the horizon at all. Now you got Mac Jones is going to be out a significant amount of time now. Uh, and so they're out of sync. They're out of rhythm. I don't even know what the identity is on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so when are they going to start to get better? I, yeah, the benefit of doubt is gone for me. Um, I wanted to see it, though, because, you know, who knows? It's Belichick, right? But uh, here's the analogy. I mean, I, when, when a team loses a franchise quarterback, there's a drop-off until they find another franchise quarterback. When that Hall of Famer leaves a building or, or retires or whatever the situation is, there's a drop-off for a while. Like, you just don't replace a John Elway immediately, right? And so if you're in New England, in consecutive years, how do you replace – Dante Scarnecchia, who was a legendary offensive line coach, uh, instrumental to the, the dynasty up there. Um, Tom Brady, the GOAT at quarterback. And then Josh McDaniels, who was with you for six Super Bowls. How do you replace all three of those guys uh, with a makeshift system with Patricia mm-hmm. uh, and Joe Judge? I mean, it just doesn't jive, right? And, but you give Belichick the benefit of the doubt, but until you don't. And I, I think it's time to not do that. I mean, I could be early on it. Uh, maybe they figure it out with Hoyer, but but uh, it doesn't look likely, though. And we say, too, we always assign it's just the, the actual head coach where we say we have trust in this guy or we don't, we're not ready to give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. How much of it, though, is the entire staff? And is maybe that a misnomer that people just don't really think about? Why well, I think it's relevant. I mean, I think because they've moved away from what they did with Brady, and now they've embraced this, this zone scheme, wide zone scheme. And who's experienced like uh, on that side of the ball that way. I mean, when McDaniel leaves San Francisco and goes to Miami, at least he's been in that system, right? And um, you have Kafka now uh, calling plays for the Giants with a system with Kansas City and, and Daybold are kind of meshing a system together to see if it works up there in New York. And I, I, I mean, if you read between the lines that way, it's like these coaches, sometimes they overthink it or they try to overdo it. You know, look at your personnel and what can they do? Uh, okay, they can do this. Okay, well, we need to cater a system that way yeah. as opposed to trying to fit uh, a square through a circle. 
you know, that kind of thing. And that's to me, that's what's going on up there in New England. And let's keep in mind the really respected, sharp, wise guy money. If you if you go that direction, these last two weeks, it's been all on New England. Mm-hmm. Personnel would not dictate there was any reason to do that. <laughs> other than coaching. So you almost wonder the betting market, which is usually, especially the respected guys, very on top of, of understanding what is real and what is fake right. as it relates to what matters in the context of an NFL game. Or, or, or is that element of the betting market maybe wrong on Belichick right now? I know they got away with it week two. I right. was on New England two against the Steelers. Probably more of an anti-Pittsburgh thing than anything. Certainly blew up in a, in a lot of those betters' faces, though, this past week. Well, you would think that, okay, they could sustain it and they can stay in games with the defense. One of the better defenses last year. Uh, but now Belichick and his attention is on the offense. And so I don't know if I trust the defense the same way as I, I once did because Belichick was on that side of the ball. He didn't have mm-hmm. to worry about the offense. Remember? He had Josh McDaniels. He had all these – Dante Skarniecki. He had all this. We had Tom Brady. So now you have to worry about the offense. And so now Belichick's different mm-hmm. as a head coach. Not, it's not bad. He's just different. And I, I think as a better, I'm, I'm, I know I am. I'm not thinking. I know for a fact that I'm looking at him – differently than I have in the past. I, I think we all have to be. It's a shame <laughs> that you have the quarterback injury for this week, right. so it doesn't necessarily apply for this particular spot, uh, Patriots at Packers. But you mentioned one of his other uh, departures in his offensive coordinator for a long time, Josh McDaniels. And where do you start with a Raider team Man. that is 0-3? Josh McDaniels has a closed-door meeting with the owner, Mark Davis, after another loss, this one coming to Tennessee this past week. Las Vegas, 0-3, despite a whole lot of positive personnel changes in the offseason in what is perceived to be one of the toughest divisions in football. How much of a panic are you at right now, Mike, with this Raider team? Are they running the right route or the wrong route? Is that what we're doing here, right? That is what we're doing, right route, wrong route. I think, here we go, here we go. I think the Raiders are running the right routes, but just dropping the touchdown. Oh! Literally, literally dropping touchdowns. So, I mean, think about it. Literally dropping touchdowns. I mean, think about it. The Charger game... um, an underthrow could have been a touchdown behind a back throw. The Waller was a touchdown. They could have won that game. You think about um, the Cardinals game, some missed opportunities in the red zone. Again, uh, dropping passes. Uh, and then you think about the Titans on the road, you know, another chance to score. Uh, Waller drops a touchdown. Two touchdowns, really, if you look at the tape. I mean, he probably could have broke one uh, if, if he catches it with two hands as opposed to one. So, I think they're running the right routes, even though they're 0-3, but you, you can't. You have to make the plays when they present themselves, and the Raiders just have not done that. Uh, and they, in, in order to be consistent, they, start, they need to start doing that. But uh, is this the week to do it? I mean, I think they're in desperation mode. So they're running and doing the right things, just, just not converting. Hosting not, Denver this week right. in a divisional spot at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, two or two-and-a-half-point favorites. And so much of the general consensus so far for the Raiders' struggles has either been split into two camps. It's been mm-hmm. Derek Carr, as you just laid out, has missed a lot of big throws and big spots of these games. And it's also been Josh McDaniels is over his head. He struggled in his first in as a head coach. Just because he went back to New England and had success as an offensive coordinator, it is clearly not translated whatsoever. What camp would you be in if you're looking at the two things so far? Oh, um, Combo of both girls is also a fair, yeah, a fair answer. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a new coaching situation. You know, you know, for me, it's about the whole credibility thing. And uh, if you have a veteran roster like you do, if you're uh, McDaniels, the thing about the situation that he's in, he's with a team that made the playoffs last year. And so how can you change everything when they know what they did last year was right? And so you're changing everything, and yet now it's not working. So how is that going to play out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's delicate. 
because it's different when you're Holmgren and you win a Super Bowl and you come into a, a, a situation when you inherit a, a roster uh, and you look across the room and you're like, hey, a lot of you guys are the reason why I'm here <laughs> because you haven't won. Now the case in Seattle, late 90s sure. when you were there. Right. Yeah. So the authority is asserted right then and there. And so now you sit on the edge of your seat and it's like, well, I want to stay here. I want my job. And uh, But he captured your attention that way. So for Josh McDaniels, I don't know how he does that right. now Completely that they're struggling. Right. If we flip it on the other side, though, team they're facing this week, Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. right well, route, run yeah. route. They're two and one. Yeah. But clearly on the, the wrong right route. route. Wrong routes all over the place right there. I mean, it started back uh, in training camp and uh, and continues. I mean, you can go back further into OTAs. So uh, running the wrong routes all over the place, uh, minuses all over the place, uh, you know, a chance to fix it because of what they have at quarterback, but then injuries too. I, uh, the offensive line situation uh, is something that I don't know if they can get better or improve, right? If, if they played that game last week on the road, they don't win that game against San Francisco. So um, a hustle plays at home and everything like that. Now you're taking dysfunction on the road and a desperate situation for the opponent. You think too about just the general balance between, and we talk about, was it Carr or McDaniels, the issues in, in Las Vegas, you could make pretty compelling cases that it's both Wilson and oh. it's both, it's both Wilson and Hackett right now. And you right. think about two pieces, the two most important pieces of your single franchise, both appear to be for Wilson losing a step for Hackett clearly over his head so far. Yeah, absolutely, man. You, you know, you live in a beautiful house and you don't notice that rat hole, right? But if you live in a, a not a beautiful house, you're going to notice everything. And I think that's what the, uh, the Broncos are going through right now, right? They live in a nice house because yeah. of Russell, but they got some issues Oof. going on there. What a spot that is. Broncos Raiders this week. We'll get Josh Applebaum's thoughts on the week four card when we return to the Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. 24 7 video, season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips. Updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. We also have deep dive segments we do here uh, basically every show on the network. And as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM, it's Tuesday, Mike, and that means deep dive time with Josh Applebaum, who joins the show right now, host of uh, VEASAN Daily Morning Bets that you hear every single morning in your podcast feed as well as the Market Insights podcast. Uh, Josh, we were just talking off the air about how we view some of these interesting line moves where you have quarterback concerns, especially when it comes to injuries. So Patriots, you're, uh, your team there in Boston, big old dog this week, catching 10 or 10 and a half. Uh, are, are you in the position, though, you almost would like them better if uh, if Hoyer is actually the starter and you know that going into the week as opposed to kind of what we saw out of out of the Chargers and the uncertainties around Justin Herbert from last week? Uh, kind of explain your thought on that one here with the Patriots catching a big number this week. Yeah, Ben and Pritch, it's great to be with you. And this one's really intriguing because, number one, we did see a huge line move here with Mac Jones expected to be out. Also, it's like Belichick. He, like, won't tell you. It's like, obviously, he's going to be out. He's still trying to be coy with these injuries. I get it. But Mac Jones expected to be out multiple games. The early number here was Patriots getting around six and a half on the road at Green Bay. Now it's all the way up to Patriots 
getting 10 and a half here. So you're off the key number of 10. You're getting the hook with 10 and a half. And kind of the public mentality here is, oh, Mac Jones is out. The Patriots were not very good to begin with. Now with him, they have no chance. They're, they're awful. There's no way they're going to walk into Lambeau Field and win for sure, but they're not even going to cover this number. It's going to be a blowout for the Packers. But guys, you know, I'm in New England, and I think kind of the, the thought process here and what you're hearing on the ground and kind of my perception of this game from watching this team all year is that maybe Brian Hoyer is actually a slight upgrade right now over Mac Jones. Mac Jones uh, had a really difficult you know, training camp. They're, they're changing the system. You know, the offensive coordinator, you don't really know who's calling plays. They're not very creative here at all. Mac Jones has really struggled. I'm high on him long term, but he's really struggled with a lot of interceptions, bad picks, uh, getting like three against the, the Ravens there. You had a couple opportunities to cover that number, and he's throwing picks and lofting it up. So I think you bring in Brian Hoyer, and to me, this is just a veteran who maybe you don't get those turnovers. Maybe you don't get those interceptions. Maybe you just play, maybe not as high scoring, but a little more fundamental here. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me what I like the six and a half with Mac Jones better than the 10 and a half with Brian Hoyer, in a weird way, I'd probably like the 10 and a half with Hoyer more than I do with this Mac Jones play. And again, public recency bias. Uh, they see Green Bay go in with that line move plus three to one and win at Tampa Bay. The Patriots look pretty bad there against Baltimore and they've looked bad all season. I think it's a buy low yeah. spot. You hold your nose. Pritch knows this is a hazmat play. Uh -oh. Maybe three hazmat suits on Brian Hoyer. I'd be leading the 10 and a half, taking it with the Patriots Pritch. at Lambeau. It, oh, wow. Isn't that uh, just classic Boston media? Oh, yeah, sure. Hoyer, huge upgrade <laughs> over Mac Jones. Like, what are we doing? Really? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I only half kid Josh, but the classic no, Boston media. I mean, media I right tease there. Josh all, all the time. It's either hot or cold up there in Boston. I mean, clearly it's cold right now in all sports, it seems like, uh, Josh. But, uh, Building on this Mac Jones thing, like he reinvented himself, no longer Mac and cheese, right? He got into shape. Um, so my question is, if Hoyer, I guess, is an upgrade or, or, or uh, fundamentally he's going to be more sound than Mac Jones, is it, is it a reason because of the offense? Mac Jones has taken a few steps back. I mean, he was doing a gritty, gritty uh, for, for Pete's sake not too long ago. So, I mean, if, if he's not that comfortable, why is Hoyer going to be more comfortable with this offense, though? I would just say experience here, Pritch. Again, this is a guy that's been in the league a long time. He's had three different stints here with the Patriots. He knows the system. Uh, and this is a guy that, to me, is he going to throw for 350 yards, four touchdowns, no picks? No, probably not for sure. But he's a guy that hopefully won't make those critical mistakes. Now, I say that, and I'm also thinking in the back of my mind, remember when he, when he stepped in for Cam Newton? I think it was against Kansas City, and he forgot the, the clock and the timeouts. So this is a guy that, again, has made mistakes before. Mm -hmm. But to me, with Mac Jones, he just hasn't been right all year. I think the change of the offense, uh, Kendrick Bourne was kind of his security blanket. Really, Kendrick Bourne's been in the doghouse here with Patricia. Hasn't played. That's been infuriating as well. So again, if everyone's taking, you know, like 65% of bets right now with the Packers at home, I'd be looking at the Patriots and ultimate buy low 10 and a half. The key here, Pritch, if you start to see that 10 and a half juiced up toward New England, like it's going back to 10, maybe you grab the hook then because it could fall. Also keep an eye maybe on that under. It's a really low total. It's 43 and a half. It's down to 40 and a half. Patriots aren't really scoring, but their defense has been okay. And the Packers really aren't scoring kind of after losing Devontae Adams. So maybe you lean under. And I'm looking at the 10 and a half here with New England. And down to 40 flats yeah. in some spots uh, right there. Let, Josh, let's get into your week four games that are catching your attention already in the market. And speaking of a team that has some quarterback injury concerns of their own, it's the L.A. Chargers. Presumably, Justin Herbert will give it a go again this week. But as we talked about in the first hour of the show today, Josh, Bunch of injuries picked up for L.A. in the week three loss at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are you seeing with the market in this spot on the road taking on Houston? Yeah, a lot of movement here, Ben, toward the Houston Texans. So looking at the Texans here, getting some points. Obviously, the, the Chargers, as you mentioned, you can't 
tell the story of the Chargers without all these injuries. Herbert played last week. I thought if you're kind of the you know the GM or the owner or the coach, you sit him last week. You have a, a long-term young kid here. Why put him out there with these broken ribs? I know you want to be tough and play out there, but to me that was a detriment. You get rolled there by the Jaguars, 38-10. to 10. So Herbert's banged up. Rashawn Slater, their best uh, offensive tackle here is out for the year. Joey Bosa has a groin injury as well. So a lot of bad injuries here for uh, the Chargers. But what's notable is the public sees the Chargers and they see, obviously, the Houston Texans, and they're still taking the Chargers here. Across the market, you're getting around 65% of bets here still on the Chargers. Yet this big line move that's dropped since it opened, it's moving toward Houston. Houston opened getting around seven. Now you're down to around you know five. Some books are even down to four and a half. Obviously, you're off the key number here, but you know, Pritch, maybe your teaser syndicate is maybe want to take this thing up a little bit with the Texans. You could take it up to 10 and a half, but all movement public is on the Chargers, but all respected money seems to be grabbing the points here with Houston. They're 0-2-1 straight up, but they are 2-0-1 ATS. I'd be looking at the points here with the Texans at home. Okay, how about this next game, Josh? What is the market telling you um, in terms of Cleveland on the road against my uh, Falcons? Yes, I'm going to say my Falcons. I haven't <laughs> said that in a while. Uh, but Feels good to say. Uh, it does. <laughs> right now it does. Uh uh, they're catching two points at home, Josh. We know about dogs uh, against the spread, uh, 60%. Uh, what is the market doing here in this game? You're right, Pritch. And I knew you'd be excited about this one because your Falcons taking in some money here. And again, we have seen dogs. Yet another uh, win there yesterday with the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Also, Atlanta in this spot was very similar to um, the Green Bay Packers and the, the, the Cowboys this past weekend. A plus three dog. It got all the way down to plus one. Ended up winning that game outright. So, Looking toward this one, what's notable to me is Cleveland does have a really good rest advantage. They played Thursday night. Obviously, Atlanta played Sunday. So I'm like, okay, good rest advantage. Short number Cleveland makes sense. The public is all over the Browns here. But this line is moving toward Atlanta. Notable move off the key number of three. It opened with Cleveland laying three on the road. Now you're down to two. Some books one and a half. Uh, good, really good bets but here for Atlanta. Only 37% bets, but 62% of the money. And also, keep an eye on Miles Garrett. He got into a car accident yesterday. He had his seatbelt on, but he did. He was hospitalized. The car flipped a few times. If Miles Garrett is out, again, we're going to have to wait on this injury report. I think you're going to see that line move even further to Atlanta. On the other hand, though, if he's good to go, maybe you see this thing creep back up toward the Browns. But as of now, taking Atlanta plus the points, that looks like the wise guy play. Josh, another game pretty tightly lined right now. It's like, what do you make of either the Arizona Cardinals or the Carolina Panthers? has been ugly all the way around, even though Carolina does get off the schneid. Their first win of the season on Sunday Tight game here inside a field goal. What's the angle in this one? Cardinals at Panthers. So I'm with you here, Ben. Two teams that I don't really have a lot of faith in, but it looks like the market has more faith in Carolina in this matchup because we saw this game open. You know, some shops were like even Arizona laying three, laying two and a half on the road. And one of my favorite system matches, dog to fave line move. We've seen this line completely flip now toward Carolina. Carolina is now favored by one, one and a half. Some looks even around two. So all movement has been going toward the Carolina Panthers in this one. Another really good bet split, 25% bets, but 67% of the money. That's important to me, guys, because when a line first drops, again, it's not really the, the it's not really the public bettors betting on a Monday or a Tuesday. It's the wise guys who set their own numbers and are betting based on discrepancies. So maybe they said, hey, you know, Arizona is a short favorite at the open. We have maybe Carolina favorite in this game. So I think that's maybe why you're seeing this money go toward Carolina. And also you look at offense defense. Offensively, they're kind of equal. They're both averaging like 20 points a game. But the defense of Carolina has been much better. Falcons are giving up almost 30 points a game, only 20 for Carolina. As long as this stays where it's at and you don't get buyback you know, the other way back toward Arizona, I'd be looking at maybe a money line play, short number here, like minus 125. 
dog to fave on the Carolina Panthers. All right, and then in a 30 seconds, Josh, help Pritch out. He's he's struggling with Thursday night football. Dolphins, Bengals. Uh, we're seeing Bengals up to four in some books now. What do you what do you think about that one? So this one is kind of intriguing to me too, guys. It's kind of a tough one to cap. I'll give this a couple more days to see where this thing goes. But my first thought is, you know, I'm getting this great Miami team, you know, getting points here off the key number of three. They're they're three and zero oh here with McDaniel. Obviously, Tua, you got to keep an eye out for the concussion report. But I'm like, okay, primetime dog. I'll, I'll take Miami here. But I'd be a little careful right now. This may be a fade the trendy dog spot. This open at some shops since he laying three. And as you mentioned, Ben, up to three and after four. Looks like some money is moving with Cincinnati. Let's see if there's any buyback. Can you high watermark yeah. Miami? If maybe they get the four and a half, I don't know. But I wouldn't rush to go bet that primetime dog. I want to bet him, but this line is going to the Bengals, guys. And we know if there's one thing Josh Evelbaum loves, it's a good old-fashioned primetime dog. We know you love oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Josh <laughs> underscore insights on Twitter. Josh, as always, great catching up with you on a Tuesday. We'll see you next week. Ben Pritch, you guys are the best. Good luck today. Thanks, like Josh. You. We appreciate it. As always, we'll come back, wrap up the show right after this. Some more Week 4 NFL thoughts from Mike Pritchard next on Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points. You can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms. At over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with the BetMGM or log on today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
And now the, we don't even need the graphic anymore because everybody knows. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you need that. We're back for the final time. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. A big thank you to the entire crew as well behind the glass, led by our outstanding producer, Brian Ortega, our technical director, Andrew Ingold, and, and everybody else there behind the glass. And Mikhail Sergio, we always give Mikhail a hard time, but he does a great job. Our, we? One of the, or, or you? No, it's me. Because okay. I, like I like to use my... Uh, put me in there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to make it seem cooler, but it's really just me. It's really just me. That's okay. Uh, we're talking week four in the National Football League. And thinking about these teams, and you know, you were talking earlier, Mike, on your, your general thought, right, wrong, wrong route. It applies to our VEASAN pro tip of the hour as we get back into the week four assessment here. And how, as we've seen three weeks of data on these teams, a, a pro tip you can look at, the teams with obvious high levels of talent, but who have underperformed so far, and have been unable to capitalize on opportunities early in the season, they do represent pretty good buy-low value in general. Might not apply to every single team, but you're making the point on the Raiders. Talent's there. The late-game execution has not been. And so uh, that's a team that represents a really good opportunity to potentially buy-low with the talent they've got. Great, uh, great another, another pro tip of the hour from one Mike Pritchard. Yeah, you know what? It is interesting because, you know, we know teams get hot. Like the Rams got hot at the back end of the year last year, got to a Super Bowl and won it. The previous year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got hot. You know, they weren't really a Super Bowl caliber team midway through the year until after the bye, okay, they get hot and they win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. So uh, anticipate that happening too at some point. Like the beginning of the year, a lot of times you get in these situations where you're trying to work on stuff or uh, things are just not familiar with you. You got change all over the place and uh, you're just not in sync. You know, some teams will use preseason to their advantage to get in sync and uh, some teams won't. You know, they'll try to survive and be healthy. But now you have the combination of just so many injuries out there, as well as teams getting better and figuring out what they're doing wrong. And we're working on that constantly. So as professional sports, I'm sure betters understand that, and, and they take that into account. But uh, it's out the front windshield a lot of times for me as a better uh, in terms of what I'm looking at. And, and so with the Raiders, uh, you look at across the board what they have, and uh, – and opportune times in which they're not completing or making plays or dropping opportunities, at some point, that's going to correct itself, mm -hmm. right? And I think they're in a desperate spot uh, to have that correct itself. Derek Carr calling out practice habits to players right now. I mean, that's, that kind of stuff starts to eke out a little bit, right? And I'm not sure about a player's only meeting and stuff like that, but obviously – Attention to detail is going to be the focal point uh, in practice this week. Right. But a good distinction we make on this on this topic is it's not every team it applies right. to. Some teams are, are clearly teams that have talent but are mm -hmm. broken in other directions. I don't know if Arizona qualifies as a team for you that's in that sphere, but we were talking with Josh Applebaum our last segment. Arizona goes to Carolina this week, catching a point and a half or two. You go to what you've seen so far, Mike, in the first three weeks. I'll start mm -hmm. with the late game sequencing for Arizona against the Rams last week. Cardinals had their final three drives. Ready for this, Mike? 45 plays combined. Mm -hmm. Three drives in the fourth quarter. 191 yards. Took 17 minutes and 50 seconds in time of possession. They come away with six points total. And had zero sense of urgency on the final drive where Kyler Murray slides inbounds. Right. Down by two scores with just over two minutes left when he easily could have gotten out of bounds. They, they wait until after the two-minute warning to get the field goal unit on when they could have kicked early comes back to bite Arizona. So even though the talent is there, the numbers show they're moving the ball, mm -hmm. there just seems to be something, and this is hard to quantify, but there just seems to be something missing and broken between uh, between sort of all the el different elements there in Arizona. Is there something you've been able to 
uh, point to on, on that, or is it seems like there's a lot of things you could potentially yeah, point to there. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's some dysfunction going on for sure, but I think from a betting perspective, here's what is kind of reliable with Arizona. At home, they're terrible ATS. On the road, though? On the road, ATS? I, I, I don't why have is that? The, why, do you, I, why do you think that is? You know what? There's a lot of pressure on Kingsbury and Kyler. Uh, I mean, he got embarrassed. Kyler got embarrassed from the organization uh, about the study clause. Maybe they're more comfortable away from home because they don't have a home field advantage, you know. And and so I, it's the it's the nature of a team, though. It's the human nature. We talked about this all day today uh, about uh, what a team, how a team is more comfortable. Like this team, the Cardinals, they were entirely comfortable last year on the road, uh, and it continued in Las Vegas, obviously with. The same type of methods, the same type of game plan, the same type of mismanagement of, of, of clock uh, situations and situational football, but yet they won the game because mm -hmm. Kyler did some spectacular things, obviously, right? And, and some players made some great plays too. But it's like at home, they can't do that. So, I mean, I would take into account the fact that Arizona on the road, uh, they have been fabulous in terms of covering the number, though. It's, it's at least been something you talk about the data. You can at least point to it right. for Arizona. I just wonder, we're now, this will be four games into the six-game mm -hmm. suspension for DeAndre Hopkins. We, we saw the injury to A.J. Green as well. I don't know how you view that in the, the grander sense. Is that actually a addition by subtraction with how his hands appear to just be rock hard and can't, uh, can't make any catches anymore? I don't know what that is for A.J. Green. But this general wide receiver core, they've relied so much on their new addition in uh, Hollywood Brown, mm -hmm. double-digit targets in, in the loss last week. Yeah. That has to matter some, you know, for, to a certain degree, and we've seen the impact of no Hopkins already. I just wonder, after three weeks, where you start to see teams figure out and patch up some of those holes, mm -hmm. is that hole too big to just fix in a short three-game sample size now, still before he comes back from suspension? Yeah, you know, it is a big hole, and um, I, I don't know if they can – fix that thing without DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, he's an incredible player, but um, even without Hopkins, they still on the road. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, I know Brian Ortega, our producer, gave us info about ATS, um, but it, it's fascinating uh, to think about uh, this team and how different they are, though. And, and, and a lot of times it is because you have so much pressure at home. And, and typically when you get on, on the road, it's just you guys. And then mm -hmm. that, that, that situation in which you can have that team spirit come through, right? And, and a lot of times we see it in, in college sports, but in pro sports, it's like Atlanta uh, being galvanized and being on the road as long as they were away from their families and saying, hey, look, we're not going to waste this opportunity here. And uh, they played a great game against Seattle. It was back and forth, but they, that, was a, that was a team that's undermanned, but band together on the road, though, in a tough environment. And so it's not going to be a tough environment for the Cardinals on the road in Carolina. I don't believe in the Carolina Panthers – or out of sync too. They're they're just uh, Baker has just not settled into that offense. He's not playing well. He's not mm -hmm. playing consistent as well. So I, I think when you go out on the road like the Cardinals, uh, and they probably feel better about their performances anyway on the road. Uh, that, that's something to look at though. A lot of teaser legs too. As a result right. of all those conflating factors, you're a guy who likes to you've you've played yourself a teaser or two a time before. So there's so the, uh, is that a leg combined with Atlanta? Those two legs you were just talking about. Those two would qualify as those long teaser legs where you're getting you know, the most optimal uh, potential for winning on a teaser when you're teasing through a couple of key numbers in three and seven in the mm -hmm. NFL. 
are those two legs that you would be looking to combine here this week as just the early look at week four? Well, it's across the market. I mean, it's it's down to one and a half and, and two now. So, I mean, yeah, uh, probably missed opportunity for a prime opportunity for that teaser situation. But I mean, we um, still look yeah. over seven. You're, right. You still feel you feel decent if you're at least able to get that. Trying to, to get on the other side of seven. Yeah. Exactly. So. I uh, feel pretty good about that. Or do I feel stronger about my three-team, former team teaser, though? Which very few people <laughs> can be able to play. Because thing was played for the Falcons, Seahawks, and Broncos. Sure. And you now could, that, all three of those teams, it would two of them would fall into the long teaser yeah. category. Seahawks now down to four and a half or five on the road against Detroit. But you mm-hmm. can get them over the 10 this week. Right, because we got the info from Josh. The market is investing in Atlanta right now. So it was Tuesday. And uh, you think about that opportunity. That thing went three and one last year. So when, this, when you when you elected to right. uh, dive in, right? So this would be the and last first, week you couldn't play because they were playing right. each other. Yeah, I this, get it. This would be the first week, week four, to kind of unveil that. It's almost like one of those where, like, if, if you're cool enough to be able to like do it on principle, you have to just to say you did. That's right. kind of how it works out. Even right. if like, even if the teams are awful and it doesn't, you know, and you don't really believe in it, I still think just on principle, Mike. Yeah, two of them you're, on the road. You're kind of you kind, you're, you're sort of required to play that. Yeah, every teasing road dogs though. I mean, home. There's only one home dog. That's Atlanta. But uh, teasing two road dogs gets interesting though. What, of the games on the board right now, what is what is the one you look at and you're like, I'm not touching this thing with a ten foot. Oh man, you know what? I haven't done that yet because I'm still doing a lot of work on them. Um, which one would I not touch like right now? Whew. Well, obviously Thursday night. You know what? It's it's that. actually easy for me. The Chiefs Bucks Sunday Chiefs, night. Chiefs Bucks. Okay. I mean. Yeah. Yikes, is all I will say on that. Bucks said Bucks two-point dogs there at home against Kansas City. But here's the good news. It's only Tuesday, so we have a lot more time sure. to sift through and figure out what we want to do on the card in week four. Mike, it's always a blast hanging out Oh, it's a blast, True man. pleasure Obviously. being here yep. on the desk with you. Absolutely. Michael Lombardi returns to the show tomorrow. I'll be back with Michael then. Up next, it's VEASAN Big Bets right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.